Welcome to Discovery with Babbitt Ranches. Discovery is all things cowboy essence, people at their best, accomplishing extraordinary achievements. Cowboy essence is defined by the character qualities we admire in others. Inspired by the cowboy culture, the code that guides Babbitt Ranches. Hi, I'm Billy Cordasco. Babbitt Ranches attributes its success of nearly 135 years to the wonderful people of the ranches, the businesses, and the extended Babbitt Ranches community, and the relationships we have with each other, the land, and the rhythm of the seasons. Today, we feature a true cowboy on the range, in the rodeo arena, most importantly in life. Babbitt Ranches ranch manager Victor Howell is a dedicated cowboy who exemplifies cowboy essence. Vic greets each day with gratitude and consistency and the desire to learn something new, to inspire, and to lead others, and to always be at his best. In part one of our two-part podcast featuring Victor Howell, we'll hear what it was like growing up on the ranch, taking the long bus ride to school as a little boy, and the events and decisions that shaped his family life, career, and character. I was um, going to ran Colts there in the bunkhouse and got me a fire going and kind of, I guess I burn up one of the Cowboys' uh, uh, bedrolls. But so anyway, I guess I was maybe a little bit of a pyro back there in them younger years. More from Vic in a moment, but first, Discovery with Babbitt Ranches acknowledges the Arizona Cowpunchers Reunion Association and its commitment to perpetuate the camaraderie of the working ranch cowboy with his family and close associates involved in the livestock industry. And by the way, the 42nd annual Cowpunchers Reunion Rodeo held in Williams in July of 2020 was co-dedicated to Victor Howe. Joining me in the Hash Knife Studio is Babbitt Ranch's manager of 30 years, Victor Howe, a very special person in my life. Vic and I have grown and matured together as friends, been part of each other's family celebration and losses, and made critical decisions about the ranches since late 1980s. It was just shy of 35 years ago, and we were at college in business. We were studying in the ranch office, occasionally there for our exams and things. Here we are in the ranch office today, and 35 years, 30 years later, talking about, in part, what maybe we learned in college. <laughs> Seems like it was a long time ago when you say that, like in years. At the uh, yeah, same time. 35 sounds like a pretty good number. Yeah, but at the same time, and almost like... Well, life goes uh, by fast. Yeah. Uh, you blink and here we are. Right. Well, it's super awesome to be here right now. Let's start out with where were you born? I was born in Burwell, Nebraska. What was that? Um, so that's where my family roots were Nebraska ranchers. Of course, my dad, he was grew up there in Thedford, which is less than 100 miles from Burwell. Family moved to Ekalaka, Montana when he was 15. He would have been 27 when I was born, just worked around, and it so happened that he was working in Nebraska at the time that I was born. I guess it was a super, super a cold day, like record, oh, I don't know, below zero. For, I was born on the 6th of November, and it was 10, 10 or better below zero. Anyway, I always remember Dad telling the story how, how cold it was when I was born. Did you live there very long? or were you? you know, Dad was moving around at the time quite a bit. My brother was born in Ekalaka a year later. And I think, so I was born in November. I'm pretty sure my dad left that ranch and moved back to Montana that spring sometime. Then my brother Tim, he was born in Ekalaka, November 29th. 
a year later. And then my brother Tom was born in Williams, January 26th, a year later. And dad had a few different jobs in between there. So he was moving around a bit at the time. It's interesting because you mentioned with all that moving around, Tom being born in Williams, there must be a little bit of a story on why Tom was born in Williams. Well, dad was working, had the Redlands camp. Mom was time for Tom to be born and things were different back in those days, dad said. And anyway, he took mom to town, left her there at the room, took care of us kids out there at Redlands. And then he said they had a satellite phone. He went up there on the hill, called and found out that Tom had been born. Little little different times back then. That's the story you might be referring to. Well, a little bit. And then, of course, it was your dad traveling through Flagstaff and ended up needing to go see Frank Banks to get that job. Oh, yeah. That would have been in October. Going through Flagstaff, he was up there in Utah, up there in the Blue Mountains. And the guy up there told him that he ought to go some, to some of those big ranches down there in northern Arizona, that they would appreciate his skills. So he was headed towards the Diamond A and spent the night in Flagstaff. And the next morning, just got up and went down to the cafe and was just asking around and saw lots of different signs, Babbitt, this and that, anyway, and was told around that he might be looking for a job. And they said, well, Babbitt's has got a ranch. And he said, well, maybe I'd check that out. So asked a few questions and found out that the headquarters was out there at Spiderweb. Took a trip out there and run into Frank Banks' wife, Helen. She told him that they were camped up there at Lockwood. So, and she gave him some directions. Then she asked him um, if he would. She had two clean shirts there for him. If he would hit, give him those. So dad went up, found Lockwood, which it is. It's about an hour and a half from Spiderweb. You can get lost fairly easy. But anyway, found the crew, found they were camped at Lockwood, and uh, went up and talked to Frank about a job. Frank just said, I guess I really don't have anything right at the moment. Dad thanked him and said, well, okay. So he walked on down off the hill. Camp was kind of setting up on the hill, and he parked down below, walked off down there. And he re- realized that he forgot to give Frank those two shirts and so he got the two shirts and walked back up there to the camp and said, anyway, I forgot to, Helen wanted me to give you these shirts. And so Frank said to him, uh, well, you know, um, would you be able to maybe ride some spoiled horses for me? I kind of had a little bit, of, little bit of a deal with my colts that got started and they got quite a few of them kind of bucking and I could kind of use somebody to ride them. That said, well, absolutely. Anyway, he had, that's what he had done uh, in uh, Montana. He had rode professional RCA Bronx. That was um, what he had done for, went to rodeos and did that a little bit and also roped calves and team tied. But anyway, he said, absolutely. So Frank said, well, I guess I got a job for you. Didn't really have a place for my mom to stay for the first month. I think it might even have been closer to two months. But anyway, so dad just went to work for the crew riding those horses and was on the wagon that fall. And then the end of the, when the fall works kind of got done about Thanksgiving, Frank gave him the Redlands camp. So mom and dad moved in there. Would have been October 1963, a long time ago, started the Howell Babbitt legacy. Well, that's terrific. Then you're at Redlands over on the cataract. What was it like for you and your brothers? I was a little guy, two years old. I don't remember a whole lot about it. We just grew up there like ranch kids. Oh, I, I kind of, about the first, my mem- first memories that I, I had was when we, moved to Cedar Ranch and I started school. I don't really remember much of anything at Redlands. I do remember one time getting my arm caught in the the washing machine. It had one of those old-fashioned washing machines where you had the ringer. Mom was washing clothes. It was a portable one. 
you set it up outside and dump water in it, washed your clothes anyway, and had this ringer tea only got my arm caught in there. And anyway, no big deal, got it out. And, but I do um, had one little memory there. And then I remember one time, I oh, I was um, playing with matches out there at the um, bunkhouse. They had a tank of white gas where you'd fill your lantern. And anyway, I was just going to turn that spigot on just a little bit so I could get the fire going a little bit. Anyway, it got out of control and I wound up burning the wood pile down. I got in a bit of trouble over that. Those are a couple of memories I have as a little guy. I guess I also got the part of the bunkhouse. They branded Colts and I was um, going to brand Colts there in the bunkhouse and got me a fire going and kind of, I guess I burned up one of the Cowboys' uh, uh, bedrolls. But so anyway, I guess I was maybe a little bit of a pyro back there in the younger years. It was just the precursor to an outstanding passion that you have today, and we'll just think of it in terms of that. So when you went to Cedar Ranch and started school, did you have homeschool there or at no, Cedar? No, or did no. you, how'd you do that? Well, when, when I say started, actually, it would be more accurate to say that we were at Spiderweb. But anyway, we moved to Cedar Ranch that summer, spent the summer there. And then when I started school, we moved down to Spiderweb and stayed in the little house there at, at Spiderweb. So our first move from Redlands was to Cedar Ranch. So I did not wind up going to kindergarten, but anyway, wound up just going straight in. I was young when I went to first grade, and then I wound up getting held back when I was in third grade. I think we went ahead and held me back a year. You went to Coconino High School, graduated from there. Yes. Well, now you're over at Spiderweb. So what hadn't would gone, be... hadn't made it a whole very far in life. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are some of the memories that you have from there both working with the cattle and horses but also with your brothers and well just the normal when i wouldn't say call it normal but just gro- growing up on the ranch the seasons of learning to roping and learning to be a cowboy rode my first colt when i was about 12 and frank banks give us all us boys a, a colt when he was when he retired he had some horses and she'd give all us boys a colt and i had a started a horse when i was 14 that wound up being an outlaw. Just growing up on the ranch and learning what you do, learning to be a cowboy. Well, so. none with matches. None with matches, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, then you uh, end up doing all that there at Spiderweb. Once you graduated from high school, what happened next? I went to Central Arizona College, but actually in that same time, I was falling in love with my wife. Met her in November of my senior year. That romance went rapid, went fast. So, But the, the plan was to go to Central Arizona College, partially because they had a, it was kind of an, a bit of an agriculture program down there. They had heavy equipment, horseshoeing, and ag stuff. And they also had a rodeo team that had done fairly well in the past. And the price was right. They had a good deal because Coconino County did not have a community college at the time. You could do, go down there and they would pay for it. Anyway, so wound up going to Central Arizona College, took ag schools or ag classes, and it wasn't too long I was getting bored. And so I wound up going over and getting a job at Red River Feed Yard, which was about 30 miles away. And I knew some cowboys that was working there that I had known. Next thing that happened is in December, uh, Jamie and I were married, and then I wound up getting a job at Red River, and I would work five days a week, and then you'd have a one day a week off. But anyway, they let, let me have two days a week off, and I'd go to school on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I did that for, for three years, and 
Anyway, then we had our first, Victoria was born, had our first daughter there in June of 81. Worked there at Red River and shot horses and just stayed busy, busy as you could be. Did that for that amount of time and then got a two, no, I went, got a two-year degree there and then wound up getting, going a year to ASU. And I was kind of, oh, wanting to have a change. The feedlot was not interesting me as I was starting to get a little bit bored there. So I wound up leaving the feed yard and coming back up here and went through the Brandon at the ranch. And Jamie and I lived in the little house, the little apartment house there at Spiderweb. My dad had a good friend that had just bought a ranch over there in the White Mountains, Dory Reedhead. And anyway, he wound up offering me a job and Jamie and I wound up going to work for him after the Brandon was done that year. Worked for him a couple of years and then wound up coming back to the ranch. Billy's granddad, John, talked to me about coming over and in a kind of management trainee. And that time I asked him about maybe going back to school and finishing getting my deal. And I remember him saying, "You, that's absolutely, that's one thing nobody can ever take away from you is your education and you'll never be sorry you did that. So anyway, we, um, we come back to the ranch. We bought a mobile home. Parked it up there, not that far from where I grew up, there at Spiderweb. And about that time, our second daughter was born, Cassandra. She was born in 84 in July. Was going to school and busy as we could be, going to school and working at the ranch and just raising a family and wouldn't have it any other way. Things were outstanding. Through those years of growing up, from starting there, Redlands and on through Cedar and the other locations that you got to work at, and then coming back and all that what happened is is that you really did develop a passion inside of your heart that was definitely fueled with some strong fire for what you do and how you do it so when that 1988 89 years were rolling through there more in particular those 90 91s things kind of got put in your lap there's been a lot that's happened since then you know there was a bit of a transition there in 90 and your dad was starting to retire you guys got to work Together for a long time, even though he was retired, he'd come back and day work. But shoot, Vic, what was it like those early years in the 90s? It was great. I was busy. I was like a racehorse, chomping at the bit, ready to go, and kind of like, I can do this. Let's get it done. 30 years old, or uh, right about there, to be taking on a responsibility. At the same time, I wouldn't have it any other way. I never was a kid that wanted to mess around. I was always fairly serious, wanting to get a job done and always task-oriented. The Lord blessed us in so many ways. you just got all that ambition cooped up, and you're just forging your way through. It was good. I look back on it, and I say, you know, that was a season of life. Wouldn't have it any other way. When you do look back at it, you know, I remember those early 90s and all. What would you say were some of the challenges that you certainly saw as opportunities, but there was a lot of learning going on at the same time? You just dealt with it as it came, whether you had, you had a camp open and you needed to get somebody there, or you had an issue with some of the, an area on the ranch that was drought or the cows or just different things. So we just, no different than we're doing today in the drought, we got a, a broke down water truck. We just made the appropriate calls and get it done. And whether you have some cows that are didn't have that good a calf crop or whatever, you had some cows up on the mountain that got fescue and had a few abortions, you just deal with it as needed. What a, a blessing for an outstanding transition to have dad around. It was really good. That was Babbitt Ranch's ranch manager, Victor Howell. 
and you have been listening to Discovery with Babbitt Ranches. Be sure to join us next month for part two as we continue our conversation with Vic and discuss the development of the award-winning horse program and the Red Angus and Hereford cattle herd. Again, I'd like to acknowledge the Arizona Cowpunchers Reunion Association for its work promoting and celebrating the working cowboy. You've been listening to Discovery with Babbitt Ranches, a monthly podcast exploring all things cowboy essence in land stewardship, conservation, science, agriculture, recreation, business, and community. It's through our efforts of learning and understanding, Babbitt Ranches, a family business and pioneering land company, raises livestock, manages natural resources, promotes science, and participates in the broader community in order to join, share, and to do the very best we know how. Thank you for listening. I'm Billy Cardasco.